0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined now by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoops Group, courtesy of Hogville.net. Well, Kevin, I didn't didn't think you would go up for the game until I heard your voice last night um, in the post game talking with the coach Musselman. So, if you were there firsthand, you saw a lot more than we did we only got maybe a few video clips of what when I, what caught your attention last night.
1: Well, the last time Arkansas had played a Division Two, it trailed most of the game, including, I think, a 13-point deficit in the second half and had to scratch out a three-point win. The first thing that came to mind was Nick Smith scored the first seven points of the game, and I never questioned whether Arkansas would be in trouble. So that was the first impression that this was going to be a night that went much differently than a year ago. Um, and, you know, with Arkansas having 11 newcomers, I don't think there are any guarantees. What we saw in Europe, yeah, the team won every game by double digits. There were areas where they were dominant. We saw the problem areas, three point shooting and turnovers. So I was paying attention to those things as well. Obviously, I expected Arkansas to, to be the team. What, I mean, I'd, I had already researched this team. They're, they had lost their two leading uh, scores from a year ago when they went 16 and 14 at the Division II level. Uh, their tallest play- returning player was six eight. I saw the measurements of the other players on the roster. Small team. We know that Arkansas increased its size, athleticism, and length. In fact, the measurables are slightly better than the average NBA team. We know that. So, you know, this was the kind of matchup where I thought Arkansas would dominate, and certainly they did. Uh, I think the clo- at one point it was 13 to 9 early, uh, but you could tell Arkansas was trending toward a blowout and they, they basically pushed it out to a 17-point lead at halftime and you know, probably could have won by 50 if, if everybody didn't get to play. I mean, all 13 played. Randy, you had ten, uh, the two scholarship players, or excuse me, walk-ons play. Uh, and then you had, you know, 10 players with 11 or more minutes in this game. So we know this is not how Mussman do, does his rotations. But, it, but I think most of the Razorbacks that played obviously contributed. Uh, I, I really felt like going into it, before we knew the starting lineup, I always felt like Nick Smith, Anthony Black, and Travon Brazil were going to be the the three anchor points to any starting lineup. And sure enough, they were in there. Jordan Walsh was in there. I don't think that shocks anybody, one of the three five-stars, so he joined the other two in the starting lineup. And then I think Jalen Graham, when you look at his red-white game uh, the previous weekend, the 25-point outing and his efficiency, I'd been reporting before that he'd had some strong practices and even been dominant. So I think he's starting to put things together, but he got a start. He didn't play a lot of minutes, but he was efficient. Uh, and show some offensive ability. Uh, so those were your starting five. And then when you think about a Ricky Council and a Devo Davis, both of those guys, to me, factor in the top seven rotation, whether they're coming off the bench or not. So I just went through the starting five. I mentioned Council and Davis. If you look at the first 30 of the 40 minutes of this game, the first 30 minutes, those seven players got the most minutes up until the 10-minute mark. Then he you know, brought guys, more guys in that, Hadn't played as much in those first 30 minutes. And so some of those ne- numbers evened out, but the game was out of hand at that point. So I'm not saying that that's going to be his top seven. I'm not sure that Jalen Graham is solidified in there. Um, I think a guy like Makai Mitchell, who in limited time last night, did very well. You know, and another interesting thing, and I'm going to – you might want to bring this – we're going to bring it up anyway, but Joseph Finian uh, was 4 of 6 from 3. led the team with I was to mention him listen, his defense was good. This was always been the area where, you know, he's not in the rotation. Part of that's going to be his maturity and development as, defender, as a defender. Now, again, this opponent's inferior. This was not an athletic team, not a big team. Uh, but Joseph did a really good job. Sometimes it's not about the other team. It's what you see in the player. And I thought he was proactive getting to his spots. Part of that's the scheme that the player's got to buy in and understand the scheme and then go execute it. I thought Joseph did a really good job. And Arkansas – when you look at it as a team, right around 39% from three, you say, well, they got better. Well, four of six, Joseph Pinion, almost 67%. You take him away and the team is three of 12. That 25% mark they were at in the red-white game, we know they were in the twenty, the high 20s, 28% in Europe. So Pinion is a guy that can be a difference maker shooting the ball. We've seen Melsman opt over and over again for other things like defensive end first, which I still believe is the right way to go. But at some point against this schedule, you just wonder when Joe's opinion might get a chance to help this team, especially if they can't shoot at team zone. You just wonder if there's going to be an opportunity for him. Last year, it was Jackson Robinson got some chances. He got some chances before Melsman went another direction with the rotation and ended up working out. Uh, We've seen that two years in the world, by the way, mid-January rotation tweaks and the team takes off. So you just never know about a guy like Pinion. But when you combine red-white in this last game, you know this may be the most we see him for a while but he made the most of the opportunity six of 11 combined from three in those two games scored in double figures both times and then again the defense looking at that end he did his job last night and most men talked about it i noticed it in game i'm like man joseph's walling these guys off where in the past i might see a guy get by him he he was proactive and 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 you know uh got four smaller guards to go a different direction and so that was encouraging
0: Let's talk with, pardon me, let's talk with Jack. Jack, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Good afternoon, Randy. Good afternoon, Rick and Hoop. Good
1: afternoon. Um, so, afternoon. I, I grew up with uh, Devo's dad. And, uh, and so, if he comes off the bench, because uh, he's a facilitator, obviously, he reminds me He reminds me a lot of uh, Chris Paul Paul type. He plays really good defense. He can score when he needs to score, but he's a facilitator. Uh, At the next level, do you think he makes it to the next level? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I have conversations about Devo. You know, he was preseason second team all SEC a year ago coming off that freshman season, which, you know, to me, still his best season, although he was very – very much a part of, of Arkansas' success last year when, once again, the team had to get things figured out after early struggles in SEC play. Big part of their success transition from starter back to six man. Whether he's coming off the bench or starting, he's going to be playing top five, top six minutes on this team. He just is. And so he's got starter value. Mussman talks all the time, it's about who finishes, who's on the floor in crunch time and finishing games, and not as much necessarily who starts. Now to answer your question, I do think he's a next level guy. He's going to play. He's going to make money playing basketball somewhere at some point. I believe that because, you know, he's an energy guy. He he, he impacts 50 balls, loose balls, and turns them into gold. I mean, he's he did it so many times for Arkansas as a freshman. We saw more of it last year. Again, um, and you know, like you said, he can. You know, he's good in the open court. He he's a, he can be a facilitator. He's a mid range and slasher guy as a scorer. He, he, you know he improved as a three-point shooter last year. You hope he takes another step. So far, we talked a lot about this team struggling there. Wouldn't it be nice if Devo could help him out, even if he's not taking a heavy volume, just some efficiency from there. Uh, but he's also a guy that's third year in Musselman's system and he understands as a leader how to convey what's expected. And so I think when you look at all of it, he is setting himself up uh, to eventually, as he continues to develop, uh, to make money playing basketball at some level. Do I am I going to predict he's going to be an NBA player? No, but I do think he'll play professional basketball and have a career making money at some level somewhere, even if that's overseas. Yeah, you're talking about like in Italy? Well, just, yeah. Not necessarily in Italy. It could be overseas I mean, mean, yeah. Leagues all over the, yeah. France, yeah. yeah, Maybe. Maybe Italy, but maybe somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, thank you so much.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Jack. Uh, This from savage by way of our asher record service company live feedback ask kevin about uh darian ford and where does he see him fitting in with this team
1: yeah i think darian's a you know a a guy that's going to be in the program for development um i I, and on this team i I don't think he's in line for you know for one of the top seven or eight uh, rotation spots um you know most of the freshmen uh, when you well, half of the freshmen were five stars. The other half were all ranked in the top 100. So this was you, know, you understand why it was ranked as the number two class in the country. That doesn't mean all of the guys are going to be ready ro- right away to be in that rotation. I think Darien's one of those guys uh, that's going to have to stick with it, work hard. Everything I hear is how what a positive guy he is in practice. He he works hard. I, I you know I stuck around at Bud Walton until late last night writing my stories and getting my content out. And um, instead of going in the media, media room after the press conferences, I went back to the press row in, in the arena. And, and Darian was one of four Razorbacks that stayed after the game to get shots up to work on his game. So these are the kind of things that help you progress. But I don't think in year one he will factor in the rotation. But at some point during the season, we're going to see him in games, just like we'll see most of these guys at some point. And so we'll just continue to watch his, his progress. But, man, he's super strong. In his opportunities last night, he was not afraid to be physical and, and put his nose in the fray. And you, So that's always a great start when a guy has the confidence in himself to not just kind of back down and shy away and, and be passive. Uh, you know, he used his strengths, I uh, thought, to his advantage in the, in the limited minutes that he got.
0: This also from our Asher Wrecker service company live fan feedback. Casey says the – Razorback basketball game against Texas being broadcast on 104.9 FM in Austin, which does have a listen live feature on their website. Ooh, you can hear the Texas broadcast. Won't that be fun?
1: <laughs> well, Kevin
0: Kevin says, Rick, couldn't you just take off and call that basketball game by yourself? What <laughs> Razorback game was that you called by yourself? And what led you to doing so that? What did I call
1: by myself? Let's Apparently see. you must
0: have called a, a basketball I, game by yourself. I did
1: one basketball game by myself at Georgia. God, I don't know if I can remember the year, uh, but um, I was still sports information director, so it was before 2000, and Mike Nail got sick and could not do the game. And so I did it, and Arkansas won. So I'm 1-0 as a a play-by-play guy for the Razorback basketball team. I've done many baseball games by myself, but that's the only basketball game that I ever did play-by-play on. Kevin, are you going going to the game? Do you have any broadcast experience? (laughs) Oh, boy. I've got my press credentials approved for that game. I'm now working out logistics for getting down there and making it happen. There's also a football game that day, and I've been helping out with Hogsville with football coverage. So we'll see. Ain't
0: tight. Ain't tight. Drive time sports. will continue in a moment. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Let's check in with Lance. Lance, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Kevin.
1: I feel like y'all are my friends because I listen to you and Rick every day and I watch Kevin on YouTube on Big Trail Nation every Sunday night. So y'all do a fabulous job. I appreciate the content that you have and the, the, the everything you do. Uh, Thank you. Kevin, as much as we're going to dribble a drive this year, what's our free throw shooting going to be like? Is it going to be steady or are we going to be rocky? And if you don't mind commenting on the odds of us getting run, Holland, D.O.P. and baseball, Thank you. Yes, sir well first of all thank you for, for listening and, and watching and uh, great questions you know Arkansas is going to be a team that looks to you know get to the basket. They did it in Europe We, we keep talking about the problem of shooting three and the one the one positive there is that you know they're not just hoisting up threes you know out of frustration trying to solve it they' they're not they're minimizing the attempts and they're really trying to get to the basket. So that means you've got to have you know you've got to have guys that are adept at, at creating off the bounce, dribble driving, and that's where you can that's where you can get to the free throw line, especially when you've got a big guard like Anthony Black, who does a really good job of of, of using that big frame as a handler, and then his vision is so good as a passer, uh, he can beat you really quickly. We saw it last night against Roger State, but he's also a guy I think that's going to get to the free throw line. I think the same with Nick Smith Jr. He's proven it over and over. When you look at the exhibition season and then the front line guys like Javon Brazil and whoever else is in the game, whether it's Jordan Walsh, Ricky Council, all these guys are going to look to slice, play above the rim. And anytime that's, you know, that you make that, you're your, the staple of what you're doing offensively, you increase your chance of getting the free throw line. Now, when you go back to Europe and look at it, Arkansas, I think, attempted like 51 attempt uh, free throws in four games. That's not the kind of volume they're used to at the college level. They've been... They led the Instable A last year, Division 1, and getting to the free throw line. Uh, the past three years, they've been in the top five in doing that. So that's what you expect. Last night, got to the foul line, took 37 attempts. That's more like it. That I'm not saying they're going to shoot that many every game, but that's a high amount. What was the flip side of that? They only made 20. That's not good. Arkansas has been very efficient. Well over 70% in each of Musman's first three years. And sometimes one of the leaders in college of basketball, not only in makes, but in the SEC and efficiency. You know, you're 54% last night. So one game, uh, so you like the volume, you don't like the efficiency. And I think guys are going to have to step up there. Mussman has had a a history of some of these transfers that come in who had low career percentages shooting free throws. All of a sudden in Arkansas, those go up. So we'll keep an eye on that. That's not a guarantee that that's going to work out that way this time. I think the one guy who shoots at a high percentage, though, is Nick Smith Jr., and he gets there a lot. Because of all of his driving ability, and teams really having a hard time staying in front of him, so they have to foul. Um, and then again, you know, when you when you asked about recruiting, you know, I think Arkansas's got a. I'll say they have a slight edge with Ron Holland. I think it's down to Arkansas and Texas. I expect he'll be at that that exhibition game uh, this this weekend. I, I'm not saying that the inco- the outcome of that game impacts his decision. Uh, you know, I've heard from a few people that maybe he's already made a decision or getting close to making it um and you know so but he's he's planning on being there and i do think arkansas uh, you know leads for for fall and diop i've thought that for a while i think arkansas is in the, the driver's seat Bay fall by the way he's a five star we know that top 15 uh, nationally ranked player he will be at auburn for the second time since june on an official visit this weekend I, that was confirmed by his guardian and, and grassroots coach greg willis to me over the weekend now, things can change. They've canceled a couple of visits previously or rescheduled them, so things can change. But as of now, he's planning on taking that official visit. Uh, both players, by the way, with Denver, they are out of Denver, Colorado, accelerated schools. Their team is going to play in Fort, Fort Smith Northside's new arena uh, in November, mid-November on a Saturday. It's a, a, a 10-team, five-game showcase, and they'll be back in the state. And so I keep saying this. I've said on the air many times. You know, maybe they're committed and maybe even fine because that's in the middle of that early period with somebody. And if it's Arkansas, then, then they're back in the state to play games. Arkansas fans could go out and watch the new Razorbacks, but hmm. I do think Arkansas is going to lead uh, for those two. I think it's maybe a slight edge if I had to call it right now. I think the that second visit for Ron Holland for the red-white game, I think he was really impre- impressed with that. He told me it was even better than his official d- visit back in June. Uh, and again, I think it's I think I think it's down to two horse race, Arkansas, and Texas. You know, things change in recruiting, but right now, that's how I see it. And if he's coming to that game Saturday, that certainly adds intrigue for both programs as they try to close the deal on that top ten five star. He's very talented.
0: Fall, do you, do you think he is more or less the leader between the two of them? I know it's been said it's a package deal, but don't you kind of get the idea that he is the one that kind of sets the uh, pace, if you will?
1: Now, which one are we talking about, Fall and dio Fall. Fall. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, he's the five-star. So, it, you know, when you look at package deals, sometimes those things are, you know, I mean, I, you remember back in, the, back in the day, Todd Day was a package deal to Arkansas with his brother, mm-hmm. um, who, who was Coach Anderson, the high school coach, his stepfather. That was his. His, his son also, but you know, Arkansas had a package of deals before. Um, but I do I think they fall being the five star headlines that, and so I think that's the player that kind of drives uh, how that falls into place. But I think Assan Diop is maybe underrated as well. A top 60, according to ESPN, some of the other services have him rated lower. But I think I've, I've seen him play in person multiple times. He's a versatile guy at 6'10, and both of these players are about as quick and fast as I've seen players that are that tall. Now, they're long and slender, but they have real quickness and speed, and some of it reminds you of a guard, guard, the way they're able to run end-to-end and finish in transition. And then Diop, again, he's also versatile. You know, he's got some ball skill. He can play face in the basket. Uh, Bayfall can't tell on some degree, but he's so good inside. But they complement each other. But, yeah, I do think Ball is the main, you know, if you've got a top 15 guy in the five-star, he's obviously headlining it. And so you're, you're trying to win him. And you know not only are he and Deop teammates, but they're cousins. So they want to play together. I don't, you know, I guess there's a chance that maybe they go separate ways and play elsewhere. Uh, but I think they're going to be a package deal. And I think Arkansas's in the lead.
0: What will it say, Kevin, if, because the front court, to me, is just is still as crowded as it was before. Uh, nothing really has changed in the front court. Uh, but let's say, I mean, you've got the twins, probably Jalen Graham, who I think started because of the 25 points that he scored in the, I mean, in the uh, uh, Red White game. But uh, there's 13, and if he goes with the five man rotation, what will that say about the others? Are these the guys guys that, I mean, with Eric Musselman, do you need to just get ready now for the uh, transfer portal?
1: (laughs) Well, when you have 11 newcomers and we know his rotations, I mean, you know, at some point when this season ends, you know, uh, I mean, players may make up their mind before the season ends based on the writing on the wall if they just can't get, where they think they need to get in his rotation or in his favor. I mean, you got to prove it on the court. It starts defensively. I always Uh talk about that. But also he likes guys that are consistent, guys that do what are are, not only execute, but but value possessions, you know, um, be good teammates. There's a lot of stuff that goes into how he views it, and he runs it like a pro program. And if you look at the NBA, there's only 450 spots, and there are guys that could be in the NBA based on talent who aren't there for other reasons uh, that don't, are not conducive to having a strong organization and winning. And I think he runs his program that way. You know, I think a guy like Makai Mitchell probably has the talent to factor in that top seven or eight rotation Uh, early on. He kind of felt like maybe he would be, I think there's still a chance for him. I think Jalen Graham's made strides. He's helped himself. Kamani Johnson's a known commodity. The guy's going to come in and bang. He's going to play physical. He's going to get the offensive rebounds. He's going to get some trips to the free throw line. He was a guy last year that, because of that energy and that and those X Factors, you know, it was kind of that eighth guy in the in the in the minute. Sometimes that was a two or three minutes, sometimes it was eight or ten. But you need a guy like that. So I think he's in the picture. I don't know if he gets when you look at the end of the year, look at the minutes, is he top eight? I don't know, but I think he's gonna play and help Arkansas. So you're right, there's some options there. that's the one thing Mussman hasn't had is a lot of depth on the front line. He finally has that. But man, all that length athleticism and size in the backcourt on the wings you know, Arkansas's got strengths it can play to. They continue to, to focus on those strengths, I believe, and I think it's a matter of defense. Most keeps keep saying it's inconsistent, but the backing bears the last of the Eurocourt. This Euro is Pat Bradley. In- In- got to go, Cam? Right Thank oh, you. Quick.